Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Romans chapter 5, we're reading from verse number 12 all the way to verse number 21. If you have your Bibles, please open as we read together. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed unto all men, for all, for that all have sin, for that all have sin. For until the law, for until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Verse number 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one man be there, uh, many be dead, much more the grace of God, who is the gift, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abound unto many, and not as it, and not as it was by one man that had sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one, by, for by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in one Jesus Christ. Verse number 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one, ju- of one judgment, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his words in Jesus' name. I first of all give you the general highlight, the general thing that are obvious in this verse of the scripture, and then we will now begin to go to a particular verse that I want to spend the rest of this evening in. The first thing you will see from this verse of the scripture is verse number 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed unto all men, for all, for that all have sinned. Now from this particular verse of scripture, that verse number 12, all the way to verse number 21, we see the first thing we see is the entrance of sin into this world. The entrance of sin into this world. The Bible says, by one man, sin entered into the world. That is how sin came in. And that is through through the disobedience of Adam. Number two thing you see in this verse of scripture we've read is the impact of sin in this world. Not just the entrance of sin, but the impact of sin. The Bible says, wherefore by by one man sin entered into the world, it says, and death by sin. 
which means that when sin entered the world, it had an effect on every aspect of the life, especially our relationship with the Almighty God. One of the most significant aspects of sin, impact of sin in the life of man when he entered into the world is that he brought along with it death. That tells us one thing. Anywhere you find sin, there is always going to be an accompanying element of death into it. And most people, when they hear the word death, they hear about people completely leaving this world. But the real meaning of death is talking about separation. When there is death anywhere, it means there's a separation. When the Lord God Almighty said, Adam, the day you eat this fruit, you are going to die, the Bible makes us to understand that Adam lived several hundred years after eating that fruit. Was it, does it mean that God lied? No. It simply means that the meaning of death is not just the physical absence from this world. It simply means separation. So when there is sin, the first impact of sin that you will find is the impact of separation. And that is what sin brought. So you see, the first thing was the entrance of sin into the world. Then the next thing you see is the impact of sin upon this world. And the first major impact of sin was separation that was experienced. The separation of man from his creator. Number three thing that you find from the verse of scriptures that we have read is the result of sin in the world. Not just the entrance of sin, not just the impact of sin, but the result of sin. The Bible says that wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed unto all men. Which means not just the entrance of sin. The Bible says when the end when sin came in, sin was not localized. Sin was not just restricted to one thing. When sin came, death followed. And as soon as death followed, death impacted the lives of everyone that is around. So in other words, you see that individuals, when they sin, they sin individually. They sin privately. But by the time you see the impact of sin, the impact of sin is usually collective. In other words, when you see somebody living a careless life, the result of their carelessness is not only is not always restricted only to themselves. Other people around them always have the impact in that particular sin. Other people in that in their vicinity always can tend to be, tend to suffer from the consequences of their own action. So sin might be an individual action, but the result and the effect of sin is always very collective. And that was why when Adam sinned privately, the result of Adam's sin was a collective destruction, a collective death, a collective condemnation of all human race. The effect of sin normally goes beyond the life of that particular individual. The, the effect of disobedience of the, unto the Almighty God always goes beyond the life of that individual. And that's why the Bible says that death came with sin and separation came with sin and the result of that death and separation spread to all men. But the good news is this, that the solution for sin was also made manifest in the verse of scripture where we read. The solution, the remedy for the sin, the remedy for the damage that sin had created was also made manifest. And that's why the Bible tells us in verse number 19 of Romans chapter 5, verse number 19, the Bible says, For as by one man, as, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one man shall many be made righteous. In other words, the danger and the, and the, and the trouble that, uh, that sin created 
There was also a solution made available by the work of one single one individual. In other words, when Adam messed up, what Adam created, the mess that Adam created, Christ came to fix that particular mess. Just as sin has its multiplier effect, the grace that brought salvation also has its multiplier effect. You will notice that when man commits sin, they commit sin individually. The same thing when a person is going to be saved, he gets saved individually. There is no collective salvation. The father, your father is a Christian does not make you a Christian automatically. The father, you are born in a church does not necessarily make you a Christian. Salvation is a single individual experience. Just like people sin individually, salvation also comes individually. And just like the effect of sin is known collectively, the effect of a righteous life also affects many people. And that is why when Jesus Christ died, the Bible says, by the obedience of one man, many are made righteous. By the disobedience of one man, Many are made sinners. So you see the private collective relationship that is taking place in this particular vital scripture. And finally from the verse of scripture that we read. The Bible makes us understand that there is the power of God. The power of God's grace to grant eternal life. And we see that in verse number 21. As that as sin has reigned unto death. Even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, God's power, God's, God's, uh, the power of God's grace is made available through the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now these are the basics of what you find in that verse of the scripture from Romans chapter 5 all the way to Romans chapter 12, uh, all the way to verse number 21. Now, the point, you know, if I were going to summarize this verse of scripture, the point that Paul the Apostle is trying to make in these verses of scripture is that what Adam made a big mess, but Jesus Christ cleansed it up. Uh, cleaned up his cleaned up his mess. It is very clear from that verse of scripture that the redemptive purpose of God is made manifest in that verse of scripture. He's trying to say, though things are bad, though the, the though man has messed up, God has made a solution, God has made a remedy, and has made that remedy through our Lord Jesus Christ. These are very, very clear just from reading that verse of the scripture. But one other thing that I wanted to focus my attention on this very evening is not just on the clear word of God that we can see, but on the meaning, that are the, the underlying principle behind what you are looking at. Beyond the obvious message of redemption, there is a powerful lesson, a powerful lesson on individual influence in the life of an individual, in the life, in the, in the life of a community. In other words, what is the power of an individual? What is the influence of an individual within that particular community? The power and the influence of that one single life that we have been given. That is what I want to focus my attention on. If you look back at Romans chapter 5 again, look at verse number 12 and I want you to focus your attention on verse number 12. You will notice two things that are on display. You will notice two lives are on display. The first life is the life of, uh, the life of, uh, the life of Adam. The life of Adam was on display. The second one you see is the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells, makes us to understand that the life of Adam brought sin into the world. That is one man brought sin into the world. The life of Adam brought death and separation as a result of Adam's sin. The life of Adam brought condemnation to all men as a result of Adam's disobedience. As a result, even up till this very point in time, Adam's action, Adam's sin, Adam's disobedience is still very much the effect of Adam's life 
is still seen in our midst up to this very moment. But if you flip on, in that same verse of scripture, you will see a completely different effect of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. That same verse of the scripture tells us that the life of Christ brought redemption into the world. The life of Christ brought justification to the to be redeemed. The life of Christ brought grace, made grace available to those who will embrace it. And like the life of Adam, the effect of the life of Christ is still very much with us here today. In other words, while the life of Adam produced separation and alienation from the Lord God Almighty, the life of our Lord Jesus Christ brought justification and reconciliation. The question is, why is these two lives important? Why is it important for us to understand the effect of this true life? Why is it important for us to know the things that, you know, the, the way Adam lived and the way Christ did and the effect of those two lives on our present condition today? Go back to Romans chapter 5. Look at verse number 19 there. Verse number 19, the Bible tells us, it said, As by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But by the obedience of one man, by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. By the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. In other words, as believers, it is very important for us to emphasize the difference between the life of Adam and the life of Christ because, number one, the difference between the two is because, number one, of the power of our decision to shape our destinies. That's why these two lives are different. That's why their impact are different. Are different. The power of a, the power of our decision to shape our destiny. If you look at that verse of the scripture very well, the Bible makes us to understand. He said, by one man's disobedience. Which means that the, 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 the disobedience of Adam was a conscious decision. The decision of Adam was something that was done knowingly. That was something that was done deliberately. So the power of our decision to shape our future, that is what we see in this verse of the scripture. By one man's decision, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And you will notice that Adam's decision shaped his destiny. Because at that very moment, once he made that decision, he was alienated from the presence of the Almighty God. But as soon as the Lord Jesus Christ made up his mind that he was going to obey the will of the Father, he changed his own destiny also. He became what? The first fruit among the sons of God. So what we are seeing is that the power of them, the power of our decision to shape our destiny. That's why these two lives are very important for you to look at. The Bible says by the, by the disobedience of one man, everybody, some people, know, they, uh, many were made sinners. By the obedience of one man, many were made righteous. The influence of your life is very, very important because the power of our decisions to shape our destinies. Number two, why is that particular difference important? It's important because the impact of our lives, have, you know, the impact of our actions affects the life of other people. When Adam was eating the fruit in the garden, he was not thinking of other people. When Adam was thinking of disobeying the Almighty God, he wasn't thinking about the effect of his action on the lives of other people. And you will see many of us, we do things. 
What we thought were private, what we thought would have no impact on other people, the way we want to talk, the way we want to carry ourselves, the way we express ourselves in public, we think that these things do not have any impact. But if you think very deeply and God opens your eyes and you are able to see the impact of your action, you will know that the lives of people are impacted. It's been said that some people become Christians by seeing the Christians and people have become have refused to become Christians because of the Christians that they have seen. And the impact of our actions affects the lives of other people. That is why it is important for you to look at this verse of scripture very closely. Number three, why is it important to highlight the difference between Adam and Adam and Christ? Number three is because the difference, it is important to make this distinction because of the difference that one single life makes. Many of us might think that we are just here in our own little corner. Nobody knows us. Nobody, we don't have any impact. We, you know, we are, we are insignificant. If anything happens to us, nobody will feel it. But you will be surprised at the amount of lives that your life touches. You'll be surprised at how many people, how many lives depend upon your life. You'll be surprised at the kind of impact that you have in the lives of so many people. You'll be surprised at the, ta- the changes that are happening in the life of other people as a result of the word that you say, as a result of the touch that you gave, as a result of that word of encouragement. You'll be surprised at the difference that your single life is making in the lives of people who are getting in touch with you. Prior to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the whole world was in darkness. Okay, the whole world was in darkness. The entrance of Jesus Christ and the state of life changed all that. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ drove darkness out of this world and set the stage for the salvation of man. That is what the power of one single life can do. And the life of Adam, everything was in perfection. But because of one single life, everything was turned upside down. The power of a single life that is why it is important. So let me just quickly go over this again. Why is this, why are we looking at this verse? Why is this verse important to us? It's important because the power of our decision shapes our destinies. What you decide to allow, what you decide to disallow, what you decide to tolerate, what you decide not to tolerate, it will shape the direction of your future. That is what happened to Adam here. Number two, the impact of your action influences or touches the lives of somebody else. The way you live your life impacts, encourages, discourages somebody or somebody else. And number three, the difference that your single life, one single life can make, it cannot be quantified. Only eternity can quantify it. Many of us sitting here today, we probably are reading the English Bible. But there was a particular man who dedicated his life, his his name is John Wycliffe. He dedicated his life to translating the, the, the Bible into a language that everybody can understand. Many of us are Christian today because of the work of, the, of Martin Luther King. Oh, sorry, of Martin Luther, the, the, the German monk, who challenged it, who challenged the, 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 the papacy at that time by his 95 theses and created the protestant movement. What we are saying in essence is that one single life can turn things around yeah. and your single life can make a difference in the life of somebody else. As we are talking about John Wycliffe, we are talking about my uh, uh, Martin Luther. We've also heard of men like John, Adolf Hitler. We are talking. We have heard about uh, men, men of people, men, men called uh, uh, jo- uh, Joseph Stalin. These are people whose single life wreaked a lot of havoc in the life of other people. That is the effect of one single life on the people, on the life that they come in contact with. But one thing you must understand is that a lot of us do not see, we not fully appreciate. The power of the single life that we have been given. 
Many of us do not appreciate the power of the single life that we have been given the responsibility to mentor or to keep or to bring or to, or to, or to be able to nurture. We don't know the power of that single life. And the reason is because many of us do not appreciate what has been deposited inside of us. Because we are comparing what we have with what we do, what we do not have. Rather than looking at what we have and saying, what can I do? What can I do with this little thing that I've been given? Many of us do not appreciate it because we do not understand the influence that one life may have on the life of other people. We don't appreciate the power of what, of one particular world. We don't appreciate the power of the particular, of, uh, of, of one particular church, one particular encouragement, one particular word of, uh, one particular word that is spoken at the right time. We don't appreciate those words. We don't realize the effect of our lives on the lives of other people, whether good or for evil. But the Bible says, look at that verse number 19, Romans chapter 5. Verse number 19. The Bible says, as by one man's obedience, but as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That is the power of one single individual. Because one person disobeyed, many were made sinners. And because one person obeyed, many became righteous. Because of the action of one man, the whole world was brought into condemnation. That's what it means. Because of the action of another man, salvation was made effective in the lives of so many of so many people. The question is, why is this one life that you have been given? Why is it so powerful? Why is the single life that you have, the single life that I have, the single life that we have been given the responsibility to be able to nurture and to make the best use of, why is it so powerful? The first reason is because we are made in the image of the Almighty God. And because we are made in the image of the Almighty God, we have this creative ability. And that's why the Bible says that the power in our mouth is the power of life and death. And because we have this creative ability, our actions can create life, our actions can create death. That is why your life is very important. Because what you model in the lives of people, what you model around you, will determine if somebody will move forward or if they will regress backwards. The impact of our life. Our single life is important because we are made in the image of the Almighty God. Our lives are important because we are free moral agents with the ability to choose. Bible says, I place before you today life and death. So choose life that you may live. And because you have that ability to choose, because we are a free moral agent, because we are not created as robots, because we are not manipulated by the, by the invisible hands of heaven, you will find out that you are able to have a positive influence. And at the same time, you have the ability to have a negative influence. Because Adam was a free moral agent. Adam had the right to obey and the right to disobey. And it is the direction that you choose that will create the kind of influence in your own area or in your own little area, in your own little circle. Why is our life very, very powerful? Our life is powerful because we are rational social beings. Rational social beings in the sense that we are created to influence one another. We are created to relate. We are created to be in contact with people. We are not created to live in isolation. And because we are not created to live in isolation, every word that you say interacts with another person. Every action that you make interacts with another person. The way you live your life interacts with other people. And because of that interaction, you influence people. That is why your life is very powerful. Every word that comes out of your mouth, every action that you take, 
the way you carry yourself, the way you comport yourself, the way you interact in the public and in the social setting, it all has a, it all has influence on the lives that come in contact with you. That is why your life is powerful. Your life is powerful finally because we live in a connected world. Gone are the days when anything that happens here takes forever to get across the pond. But right now, as it's happening, the whole world is seeing. People are seeing us all the way from Africa right now. There are people who are looking at this from England, looking at us from England. We have some people who are watching this social media all the way from New Zealand. Right now, as we are speaking, the world is now connected. Whatever we do now impacts the life of other people. If we have a positive influence, that positive influence radiates around the world. If we have a negative influence also, the same thing goes. The life we are now living is a life lived at the speed of lights. The speed of the social media. That's how we live. So our lives are powerful because we live in a connected world. Our lives are powerful because we are social relational beings. Our lives are powerful because, number one, we are free moral agents who have the ability to choose. And because all these are happening, because our lives are not supposed to be lived in isolation, our lives, our actions, our behaviors impact everybody that we come in contact with. That is why it is powerful. And the way we live our lives can either inspire or discourage others. It can either bring people to Christ or keep them away from Christ. It can either make people to resolve to follow the Lord or to resolve never to come near the things of God. Our lives can either be positive or negative. It can all depends on the choices that we make. The Bible says, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. By one man's obedience, many are made righteous. Just the life of one single individual made a lot of difference. Turned the history of the whole world upside down. The question then is, how are you, how can you live your life so that you can live a positive impact? That's the question. How can you live your life so that through your life, many can become righteous? How can you live your life so that your life now becomes, you know, can count for something? How do you make the best of this one single life that you have been given? If the Lord were to count, were to take account of you tonight, what will you do that will tilt the scale in your own favor? What can you do that will make your life count for good and count for eternity? Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we start reading from verse number 5. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above, above every other name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The question is, how do we live our lives? So that we can have this positive influence on those that we come in contact with. How do we make this one life count for something? Number one, we make our life count for something when we have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. When you have the mind of Christ, when you call, when you cultivate the mind of Christ, when you shape your mind to reflect the mind of Christ, you will see that your influence in this life becomes the influence that Christ begins to have in the life of other people. 
For you to have a positive impact, you need to be able to cultivate the mind of Christ in your life. Number two, how do you have a positive impact? You have a positive impact when you try not to be equal with God. When you try not to put yourself in the place of God. When you try not to become, when you don't try, when you don't see yourself as the final authority. When you see yourself as an instrument in the hands of God, not God being an instrument in your hand. How do you become a person of impact? How do you have a positive impact in this life? Number three, you do so when you are submitted to the Almighty God. A person who wants to have authority must first of all learn how to have to, how to be submissive. The Bible makes us to understand that Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation. Though he were God, he took upon him the form of a servant and made himself a likeness of a man. In other words, for you to leave a positive impact that will reign, that will, that will be recognized in heaven and on earth, number one, the mind of Christ. Number two, don't try to be God. Number three, submit yourself to the Almighty God. Number four, a life of humility will take you very, very far. The Bible says that he humbled himself and he became, he became obedient unto death. Okay? He said, being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Number four, how do you, you know, that's, uh, number four, how do you become, a, uh, how do you live a life of a, a, a life of positive impact? Is to live a life of humility. Number five is to live a life of obedience. The Bible says, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.